mom rage is that intense anger or frustration that moms may experience due to feeling stressed, exhausted, or just simply feeling overwhelmed. And of course, there's lots of times where we experience those things, where we feel stressed, we feel exhausted, we feel overwhelmed, and it doesn't get expressed as anger. But mom rage seems almost like that eruption or a complete, like, total outburst. Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule, and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else You don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. Hey there, super moms. What you're listening to today has been recorded live inside my Facebook community, Moms Without Capes. Because of this, you may hear me talking to the moms who are tuning in live and leaving comments in real time. But know that the content is super valuable and meant to help you discover and fall in love with who you are underneath your super mom cape. If you want to be part of my amazing community of moms who are getting comfortable with hanging up their capes and be there at the live recordings of this podcast, come find us on Facebook or check out the show notes for the link to join my group, Moms Without Capes. Hope to see you in the group. Today, we're going to talk about mom rage, what triggers it, and more importantly, what you can do about it. So welcome to today's topic. I'm Ani. I am the host of the Moms Without Capes Facebook group and podcast, and I'm excited to be here today. So what is mom rage, right? I, you know, last year, last month, we held a casual conversation about it. And It's different than anger because mom rage is that intense anger or frustration that moms may experience due to feeling stressed, exhausted, or just simply feeling overwhelmed. And of course, there's lots of times where we experience those things, where we feel stressed, we feel exhausted, we feel overwhelmed, and it doesn't get expressed as anger. But mom rage seems almost like that eruption or a complete like total outburst where it almost feels like it's uncontrollable. So I want you to imagine a situation where you have felt overwhelmed and if it's led to anger or frustration, let me know in the comments, just put a one in the comments. If you have ever experienced mom rage before, um, I want you to just put a one that way. We don't, we know that we're not alone. It is something that is felt commonly, right? Like I know we say mom rage because we're in a group with moms. And if you're listening to this, you're likely a mom. And of course, dads can experience it too. Anyone can experience rage. But this is specifically, you know, it's commonly referred to as mom rage because that's usually who it happens to. And in our intents and purposes, that's what we're going to That's what we're going to focus on today. So if you've been, if you've been in this group for a while, you've been listening to the podcast, I have shared a bit, I think in my newsletter too, I shared about the struggles we're having right now with my nine-year-old who is not wanting to go to school. And she's in fact home right now. And this has created a huge, um, mom rage has been alive and well here. Right. And it's like almost every day, or at least 
three, four out of five days where I get so frustrated that I start feeling this rageful word. I guess that's a word. I start feeling like this kind of so frustrated after saying it 20 times, right? That I just erupt and I can see that it's damaging our relationship. And that's what's so hard about mom rage is because it can definitely affect your relationship, negatively affect your relationship. And it can feel, um, you can feel a lot of guilt afterwards where you start overthinking, you know, did I do this right? What, what could I have done differently? Feeling bad, like I've damaged my child for life. And when it's happening repeatedly, when you're not doing the things that we'll talk about in a little bit and it's going to happen more often and it's going to feel even more heavier. And so that's why I wanted to share with you today some things that you can do that I know I need to practice in order to help keep that relationship intact, help keep myself calm because when mom rage happens, it's like all hell breaks loose. Can I say that on Facebook? I don't know, but it is like, um, it can just feel, feel really gross and feel really, you know, really hard. So I just want to acknowledge that and, you know, put a one in the comments, if you've ever experienced any of these emotions, or if you've ever experienced mom rage. So some common triggers of why you might be experiencing mom rage. One, lack of sleep. When I was, in fact, just talking with one of my clients this morning, and we were talking about when the stress feels heavy, when she experiences the most, you know, she even was having nightmares, but when she's, and this is, I feel common, not just, just her, but it just kind of hit home that when we are lacking sleep, when we're not getting the sleep we need, whether you have a sick kid or you're struggling to you know, you're, you're staying up at night worrying about things. When you're not getting the sleep that you need, you're going to be less likely to have that self-control or be less likely to be able to manage the emotions that come from a child not listening or a child not doing what you, you know needs to be done. Um, constantly multitasking. I've done episodes at Facebook Lives about multitasking before that it is a myth. One cannot actually multitask and we may take some pride like, oh, women are better multitaskers, but it's really not true. We still need a transition period. Our mind is constantly going when we're, when we think we're multitasking, we're really switching our focus back and forth, back and forth constantly throughout the tasks. And it would be much more productive if we just focused on unitasking, like doing one task at a time rather than trying to do 10 tasks at one time. And I know that a lot of times that is necessary. We feel that it's necessary in order to get out the door is to be doing a whole bunch of different things. But that's one of the missions of the Moms Without Capes is actually to help you slow down so that you don't have to multitask, so that you're not constantly feeling that pull of trying to do so many things at one time. Um, feeling unappreciated. When you're doing something and you feel that you're not getting that appreciation that you might deserve or that you feel 
would help you, like would motivate you to keep going. You feel that you're the only one doing all of the things, right? Some of these expectations that you might be holding in your mind, that too is going to increase the likelihood that mom rage is going to make an appearance when you're feeling that underappreciation. And then feeling isolated, feeling like you're all alone, feeling like, you know, social media can definitely perpetrate this like feeling of being the only one who's struggling when you're seeing all of these like moms that seem to have it together, right? It can create a lot of feelings of isolation. And that also can increase the tendency of mom rage. Um, I know that like for, for myself, when I feel that everyone seems to need me at the same time, right? Like one of my teenagers, I have three teenagers in this house, but like one of my teenagers is, is wanting me to look at a homework pro problem. Another one is asking me about if we have laundry detergent. My husband's asking, you know, if I've seen something, if I, you know, know where his shoes are and all of these things at one time can cause me to erupt, right? If I don't recognize that I need to step back Maybe take a deep breath, take a couple deep breaths, because one deep breath is not gonna, is not gonna do anything. Taking a few couple deep breaths. Maybe I need to separate myself physically and just, you know, take a breather. But if I don't recognize that, I erupt. And but knowing that that's gonna be a trigger for me, I can take back some of my control and know that this is, you know recognize it and address it rather than just feeling that like I'm going to freak out. Um, it is so important to recognize when, what your triggers are and recognize them early enough to be able to do something about them. Um, for you, it might, well, that's for me, again, that irritability that like, I actually can feel the tension in my body when I'm feeling like I'm being pulled in a million different directions or when I feel that my daughter is just not listening to me and I know that this needs to get done, this is important, you know, and I can feel the tension in my body. A lot of times I feel a lot in my arms um, and in my chest, I could feel like heated. You actually feel like your temperature rise because that's actually what's happening, right? Like your heart's beating faster. Like there's different signs that we may not be noticing, but that are actually there. But when you slow down enough to start asking yourself, like, what am I feeling right now? What's going on for my body? Where are these emotions showing up in my body? It's at that time that you can start getting familiar with what are the signs that you might be leading to an eruption. And so recognizing them, maybe you start raising your voice um, or just kind of repeating things. And at that point, like, okay, it's coming. Let me do what I need to do in order to bring myself back down and address this in a different way. Um, with anger, um, with anger, you can actually make yourself like an anger thermometer, right? Where at the top of the thermometer is going to be your boiling point. And it's going to be where that eruption, that mom rage starts happening. And so we want to, we want to, recognize what's happening at each level or each degree and 
start taking action when you're at the lower end. And so I encourage you actually write down like on a piece of paper, mark it out in 10 spots and rate your anger. Like how that way, even with your check-in, like one to 10, how, what am I feeling right now? Am I at a level two? Am I at a level seven? Or am I like nine ready to go over the edge? And like getting, seeing what are those signs that are pointing at of what you, like what level you're at. I don't know if that makes sense, but what happens when you're at a level two? Maybe you've asked twice. What happens when you're at a level five? Maybe you've asked four times and you can feel your heart rate increasing and you can feel that muscle tension. How about level seven? Where do you feel at that? Like what's going on for you at that moment? And then being able to assess where you are at at different levels so that you can catch yourself and take action to not go any further. Today's episode is sponsored by the Supermom Detox, an incredible coaching program designed to help moms take off their supermom cape and feel comfortable in their own skin. Have you felt like you've lost yourself since becoming a mom because you got caught up in the idea that you have to take care of everyone and everything else and sacrifice who you are to be the kind of mom you want to be? The Supermom Detox will guide you in rediscovering who you are and getting yourself off the back burner and onto solid ground. This amazing program will teach you how to let go of perfectionism, people-pleasing, unrealistic expectations, unhealthy boundaries, and negative thought patterns that are keeping you stuck. Motherhood can be so much more enjoyable when you learn to take care of yourself the way you deserve. Stop feeling guilty or bad about making time for yourself. You are so worthy of taking up space. Find out more about the Supermoms Detox by clicking the link in today's show notes and signing up for a call with me. If nothing else, you'll get clear on what's keeping you on the back burner. So I already mentioned the deep breathing. Again, one deep breath might just be enough for you. But more likely than not, you may have to take more deep breaths, learning how to breathe from your diaphragm rather than just from like chest breathing, putting your hand on your belly and really breathing in through your nose and holding that breath and letting it out, right? All from your diaphragm, like from your belly, like doing belly breathing rather than just chest breathing because it's very shallow. But maybe you need to separate yourself and take some calming breaths in order to reset your systems and be able to approach the situation differently. Timeout, it doesn't just work for kids. It also works for you. But being able to, I said, physically separate, sometimes I'll go to the bathroom or sometimes I will go outside. If I, you know, if, if an argument happened in the car and I feel like I'm gonna erupt, maybe I stay in the car for a little bit longer just to bring my systems down rather than rush into the house and continue it because I know that's going to definitely lead to the eruption. Leaning in on your support system, reaching out to a friend or family member for a quick chat, might be reaching out for a chat, like, you know, getting in the Moms Without Caves Facebook group and saying, this is what's going on, you know, just simply putting words to what's going on inside you can be helpful. 
it's been shown to be helpful. I know it's helped me some just putting words to it. So whether you're journaling, you get in a Facebook group, you send a text, you get on a phone call with somebody, you know, that you are close to and you feel comfortable with doing those kinds of things are going to help you break that escalation. Um, it is so important, you know, I preach all about self-care and that's going to not change here. When you're in the moment of feeling like an eruption is going to happen, yes, it is great to practice these things, to take a deep breath, to take time out, to lean in your support system. But you really need to work on getting those practices in place when you are in a calm state, when you're not in the situation itself. So doing these things are going to help improve your emotional well-being so that when eruptions or when situations do take place where you're likely to get erupted, not get erupted, feel like you're going to erupt, you already have, it's almost like muscle memory. Your body is already at a calmer space because you have these practices in place. And so it's not going to take as much to put you over the edge. Um, protecting my sleep has allowed me to have a clearer mind, make better decisions, be more patient, think better on those nights where I haven't had as much sleep as I want, or I've been like wakeful through the night. Those are the mornings that, or those are the, yeah, those are the mornings that it doesn't take much to set me off. But yet on the nights that I have had a good sleep, like I'm able to stretch out, I'm able to get the sleep that I want. I am able to face the day with much more clarity and from a much better place. But I've had to protect my sleep. I've had to put boundaries up and I've had to honor my own boundaries. Like this is my bedtime. I need to go to sleep. I need to make sure that this is protected and that others aren't interrupting my sleep so that I can get the sleep that I need to be my best self. So let me know in the comments, what are some places that you need to put boundaries around in order to protect your sleep, to be able to not be multitasking, not to be doing the things that you know are sabotaging yourself and are putting yourself at risk of experiencing mom rage. So let me know. It doesn't look like anyone is live. Let me refresh, just make sure. Okay, so it doesn't look like anyone's live, which totally understandable since I'm doing this later than usual. Let me know in the comments if you're watching the replay. First, hashtag replay. Let me know with the number one if you've experienced mom rage. And also let me know if you have any questions about this. What has helped you? What has helped you in these times where you felt like you were able to not erupt, not experience mom rage? And then if you've experienced mom rage, reflect back on when was that? What could have been diff done differently? What could you have done differently that would have allowed you to step back and not experience that mom rage? Let's learn from our experiences rather than, you know, being so harsh on ourselves and just living with regret about that it happened at all. Let's say like, let's normalize it. And because it's such a common experience and let's say like, well, what can we do differently? And taking more of that, taking back your power, your superpower, right? Um, let's just go with the whole moms without capes metaphor and taking back your superpower by saying like, what could you have done differently that would have set you up for better success? All right. So we talked all about understanding, recognizing, and managing mom rage. Um, 
practice these tips. Let me know if you need help with this. Definitely reach out to me. You can reach out to me, either put in the comments um, or reach out to me via a Facebook messenger or email, ani at momswithoutcapes.com. Let me know if you need help with this. I can definitely, you know, we can jump on a call. We can work together to get that mom reach under control. All right, that's it. Again, I will see you in the group and have a great Thursday, everyone. Bye. For the first 10 years of being a mom, I told myself that I did not have the time to go out with friends or to learn a new hobby. I told myself that my focus now had to be on my children and they were my responsibility and my responsibility alone. I would feel guilty if I did anything fun without my children and husband, and I'd feel resentful since my husband seemed to just come and go without any of the kids even noticing. I, on the other hand, would get bombarded by my kids if I said I was going for a walk alone, so I stopped trying. I stopped making dates with friends, and I stopped knowing who I was. I didn't know how to ask for help, and I felt weak and like I wasn't a good mom because I wanted it. I needed help, but I didn't know how to ask. I became a control freak, really, trying to control everything and everyone, because if things weren't in order, it reflected on me and my worthiness. I filled my plate. Boy, was I busy. I volunteered. I led groups. I got involved in everything. Looking back, I can see clearly that I was trying to prove my, my worth, but really it was exhausting, and it led me to feeling like a failure because I just couldn't keep up. I fed myself all kinds of lies. I don't have time. I don't need that walk. I can do this alone. I thought that the world was going to fall apart if I did something I enjoyed. And I told myself this for so long, I actually stopped knowing what it was that I even enjoyed. Sad, I know. But can you relate? I felt trapped by my own excuses. But it wasn't until I started recognizing them for what they were that I was able to finally break free from them. I created a guide to help other moms break free from the lies and to start taking care of themselves. It took me 10 years. It definitely doesn't have to take you that long. I'll put the link to this guide in the show notes so that you can grab your copy and be on your way to breaking free from the guilt and start rediscovering who you are under that mom hat. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Caves podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.